Welcome to South London Hardcore. I'm Jack Ma- <laughs> I can't say Rusty, Steve. He's gone. He's gone. I'm Jack McElroy. My co-host is Steve Walsh. Hello. Welcome back to the show. Two and a half years <laughs> later, nearly. And uh, we're back, Steve, for, you know, another final episode, I suppose. I wouldn't like to rule it out. I mean, we could have um, 50 years ahead of us, couldn't we? Yeah, of course. Yeah. There's chances yeah. that it comes back, you know. But I mean... Stay know. subscribed. Yeah, stay subscribed. <laughs> But don't bother refreshing it every week and getting disappointed. It won't be uh, on... What was it weekly when we first started? Then fortnightly. It was briefly fortnightly, yeah. Mostly. Weekly, fortnightly, irregular, two and a half years. (laughs) Now, Daniel Rose Tyson said, he said, I knew as you went, as soon as you went fortnightly. That was it, we were done. You knew, yeah, and it wasn't wrong. (laughs) So, Steve, do you want to tell everyone the big news while we're actually doing this? It's a local news special we're doing and I suppose the biggest piece of local news to hit South London for a long time uh, is the fact that I'm not going to be living there anymore. You're emigrating to a country or you've had a passport for for <laughs> decades. Yeah, I thought it was time to uh, make full use of it. Although, ironically, currently my Irish passport has expired. So I'm at the moment travelling between the two countries on a provisional UK driving licence. Yeah, we'll all be sad to see you go, I imagine, Steve. I don't want to speak for everyone. <laughs> the listeners. Um, yeah, it's been a pleasure. But let's stay in touch. <laughs> That's why we're going to keep the show uh, online, isn't it? Just to sort of give us a reason to uh, you know, communicate in any form whatsoever. You know. And the show is online. com. You never lose it, Steve. <laughs> uh, we're on Twitter, at SLHC. And uh, obviously on iTunes, if you want to leave a review, a bit late now, a bit late. But it'd be nice to hear if people did, uh, you know, enjoy it. Let us know. So I went looking for some local news, Steve, and I was horrified to find the first thing that came up was the Bromley Batman. <laughs> like, how is that still a thing? I, what, but he, isn't he now the Beckenham Guardian? Obviously, I work in the comics, I'm the very grounded in, I'm grounded in uh, superhero lore. So... The sort of the reboot, the reimagining. Law, didn't you, Steve? <laughs> for <laughs> enough years, for enough years, didn't get the uh, degree. So yeah, it's quite a common thing for uh, heroes to relocate from one spot to another, rebrand themselves uh, for whatever reason. I mean, you know, as you, you see these guys in America, don't you, who sort of do vigilante work and dress up, and they actually go full cosplay, don't they? They're like capes and all sort. And apparently, from the sound of things, this guy's just wearing a dark tracksuit. <laughs> And I'm not dismissing what he's done because apparently he has stepped in a couple of situations where people have felt threatened or endangered and he's sort of let them get home safely. So that's good. Mm. But um, yeah, it does seem like a very uh, British enterprise, a bit more sort of mannered and formal than the uh, extravagances of the States. Yeah, the Lego Bromley Batman. (laughs) Coming soon. Yeah, so skipped over that. Violent attack leaves father of four in coma. It's not about that, is it? The thing, yeah. I mean, I think it was something we used to talk about when we did the local specials before. Having to just plough through 15 stories that are too horrific to consider, let alone Mm. discuss at length. I had to drop this because it was about attacks on pensioners. Right. So it was a bit, you know, a bit miserable. Yeah. But I saw a couple of cracking, I think, Southwark News headlines. Give me back my mum's rings. Right, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, and catch these low lives. That's a good. That's a. I think that's a classic. I think that is just like, that's like if you do copy and paste, uh, uh, or just like if you just do paste on any local newspaper computer, 
that is the the, the text that's going to come up. They're just ready to drop it at any point because it's always going to be a thing. Obviously, my my mainstay, my go-to traditionally with the local news segment was uh, animals apparently doing things <laughs> that humans would do, but not really. Just happens that people, oh, it's fox is queuing for a cash point. This goose is on a train. They're not. They're just like near these things. It's fine. Um, none of that. That seems to have really disappeared in the last two and a half years. I can't help feeling. That us not doing local news specials has really taken the impetus out of the local uh, journalists to, to go out and find these animals adjacent to humans. I thought it was just the decline of local journalism generally. Yeah, it's a shame, isn't it? It's tragic. All right, do you want to give us your first story, Steve? Sure. So the headline is, uh, Lewis and Merrill candidate tells Millwall they won't leave the den because nowhere else would want them. And I thought we that don't was care. Yeah, well, this is the thing. I, I thought, oh, that's quite negative from someone who's standing for election. But his point was, uh, we need to protect Millwall in the den because they will find it hard to find a home elsewhere because of their um, self-created persona. As you say, mm. that's the the problem. And I think it's an interesting point that you can make correspondences with in US sport. Um, I listen to a US sports podcast, and the guy on there makes a point. It's a good point where. In places like Philadelphia and Chicago and New York, they like to pride themselves on being like tough sports towns. Like, w- w- you know, it's not easy to play there because the fans will get on your back if you slip up or make a mistake. And this guy's like, isn't that going to hurt recruitment at some point? Because, like, so you know what I mean? If you've got a choice, like, should I go to Philadelphia where they might throw batteries at me if I sort of drop something by accident? Or should I go to San Francisco where it's sunny most of the time and people won't really care? If I've won. And similarly with Millwall, you know, it's a strong persona, isn't it? And it sort of mm. matches, you know, you have the, the lion dominant yeah. on the crest. It's a very strong image and persona, but yeah, it is going to make relocation tough, isn't it? Do you want to come here? No one likes us. Yeah. Yeah, we've all got enamel uh, Stone Island badges with a poppy on. <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, the Millwall Stadium thing has been like a kind of disgraceful. Uh, That's the thing, thing by Lewisham Council. Yeah, right? yeah, you know, absolutely. I've not followed it closely, and I couldn't bring myself to sign a petition even. No, but I mean, it, I mean, and the thing is, you know, we're talking about the persona, and it isn't. It's nothing to do with that, is it? It's purely blatant opportunism and more uh, property preying by uh, local councils. Local councils who, when you look at the actual things they get up to like all of them and this isn't uh, a Labour thing or a Tory thing or a London thing every it seems every council in the UK owns huge swathes of land elsewhere so like Southwark will just own like a commercial uh, park in or a sort of shopping centre in Doncaster oh really yeah and they just sort of so oh. they, what they do is they take your council tax and they invest it oh. in property elsewhere to then raise money to then You'd imagine spend on like services and utilities within the borough. But they don't. They just like increase no. their property portfolio all the while getting bonuses for themselves. Yeah. I mean, it's a disgraceful thing. Like, just gross. take the money and spend it on social housing like mm. they're supposed to. They're the rules, really. But they've um, managed to work around them. So, as I say, the, the Millwall thing is especially disgraceful because it just like is people just looking for another shopping centre to build. Isn't it? But Millwall's sort of one now, yeah. It looks like they've got a you know a stay of execution, for want of a better phrase. But it seems like these these mayoral candidates, because the current uh, administration have been pretty bad in terms of offering no support or indeed 
you know, setting up schemes to try and get Millwall kicked out as early as possible. So it seems like a lot of them have realised that's not going to be a vote winner in the local community and the sort of uh, rallying round to say they're going to support them. So staying in football, Steve, I've plucked out the story that uh, Rio Ferdinand, who I suppose is retired as he now. From as football. a footballer, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but not from sport. No, because he's getting involved in the old... Uh, Boxing. Yeah. What's, tell me, I didn't read anything beyond the headlines, Steve, so tell me. So he's 38 years old. Yeah. And, you know, clearly he's a professional athlete. Clearly he's someone who stayed in shape his whole life. Mm. Clearly he's someone that would give either of us, and you imagine, you know, 95% of the population, a good hiding in a fight. Because, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, you know when people sort yeah, of. Yeah, like, he's a big, strong fella. Exactly. Yeah. When people shout at footballers. And you just sort of go, what are you talking about? They would absolutely wipe you out. They're, mm. they're strength you can't even imagine. But I do find it... Priya wor- Ferdinand will put you to sleep. <laughs> uh, I do find it wor- just his age. And when I say that, he's uh, you know four years younger than me. So it's not an ageist thing. But I, I do find it a bit worrying that someone's going to go into boxing at that age. He might have been training uh, his whole life and be quite... Uh, a decent, scenes, yeah, yeah, a decent. I'm, I'm sure, just part of his training regimen, he's working with uh, boxing coaches. Movement and anticipation are going to be important things for defenders. Skipping, yes, yeah, keeping on your toes. But um, apparently, um, I've not read fully about the details, but I believe the whole idea has been put together by a bookmaker who did a, oh, right. a similar thing before, where they got Victoria Pendleton, I think it was, Olympic cyclist. And um, they gave her, I don't know how much training, um, a certain amount of training, and then put her on a horse in a proper horse race. And again, horse racing. Well, like with jockeys. Yeah, yeah. proper. But it was, it was, it was like. Oh, what is she? She's an um, Olympic she's a horse cyclist. rider. Oh, okay. She's like, so the idea is, you know, it's a complementary skill set, you're right, but you're not both. a specialist yeah. in this thing. And it's like the fox hunters or the fox catchers. Hurdles, but some sort of very prestigious uh, race. Um, I think she finished second, but was on the best horse in the race. Of probably, if it was a, a proper jockey, probably. But you know, she didn't get hurt. You know, it's all a bit of fun. I just think with boxing and, and horse ra- racing is very dangerous as well. Because if you fall off, there's bloody horses running everywhere. But um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just a bit worried about someone going into the ring. At 38 for the first time, it's not. He's not fighting Ricky Gervais, is he? Do you know what I mean? It's not like. Do you know what I mean? He's it's, not even fighting Grant Bovey. <laughs> you know I mean? It's not comic relief from the sound of things. But you know, um, I can't think. Rio Ferdinand always came across as like just you'd imagine you'd do any sport with him, and like you know, you'd go out and he'd go. I've never played golf before, and by like the tenth hole, he's like three strokes ahead, just because people like, tend to be good at sport generally. Yeah, yeah, he's certainly an athlete, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, absolutely. Great player as well. Well, tremendous. That's the thing, isn't it? Like, when I say about his adaptability, um, on uh, a, f- uh, a football co- podcast, they were talking about if you could use a player to clone into 10 other uh, beings to then field a football team, which player would you choose? And I think Rio Ferdinand be a good choice, no? Uh, it wouldn't be. I mean, I think he's one of like, the great all time great defenders, but. Well, I think he'd be a decent goal, given his sort of wingspan. No, but do you think about it? Him or Mickey Quinn? Who are you putting in goal? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, would you go Ma- Maradona's tremendous, but he's getting chipped, isn't he? 
Like that's just a physical restriction. I think a team of Maradona's beats a team of Rio Ferdinand's. I right, see. I don't think so. I really don't think so. Because I th- honestly, I think There's only one way to find out. Yeah, <laughs> let's make the technology happen. But yeah, so I think um, I'm, I'm a bit worried about the premise. But I think if if anyone's got the skill set to sort of make it worthwhile, it's Rio Ferdinand. So speaking of boxing in South London, just links, huh? just like <laughs> the link. We just found our stride immediately. Have you, are you aware of the uh, new film Jawbone? It's on uh, Netflix. Is it Rio Ferdinand produced? No, no, he did produce the film. Yeah, he, I think he got fleeced in the fleeced he? against the film right. at one point. So Johnny Harris, oh yeah, we uh, almost got on the show at one point, yes. and then we stopped doing the show. Yeah, um, he stars in it, and he wrote it as well. And uh, it's called Jawbone. And he plays a kind of washed-up former junior champion who's sort of battling demons, demons. Yeah, 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 and alcohol and yeah. whatnot. Um, but you know, some real issues about uh, housing sort of thrown in there as well. Michael Smiley's in it. Um, I think I've seen a trailer, but Ray I think Winston. you sent me the trailer. Oh, uh, at oh, some maybe point, just ago, to sort yeah. of say, have a look at this. Yeah, it's really good, man. It, yeah, and if I remember from what I saw, it does look. I mean, what a cast! Yeah, yeah. It's Ray Winston's good, brilliant in it. Like Johnny Harris is brilliant. He's yeah. obviously like drawn some stuff from experience. I, I, I mean, I think he did the boxing. Right. I, I'm, right. You know, not making any more assumptions than that. Yeah. But like, he's beautifully shot. Like it just who's directed? Do we know who's it? Uh, a guy called um, I think his last name is Napper, Thomas oh. Napper. I think his name oh, is. Yeah, that rings a bell as well. Well, I think he's. I don't think he's made any films before. I think he's made done adverts and stuff. Right. I'm not 100, percent but it's just so well put together. Um, well worth a watch, and it's like largely filmed in South London. There we go. Uh, the uh, I think it was called like the Union Street Boxing, something. But you know that's like clearly South London. Um, and I imagine probably a place where he used to train, you know. So yeah, check it out, man. Another sporting one, but a bit of an odd one. I don't know if you followed this story because it's cricket players, and you're not no, a fan. Definitely not. No, no. Boring. Police appeal for footage after crossbow bolt lands on oval cricket ground during a match between Surrey and Middlesex. Did oh you yeah, about this? this year. Yeah, I mean, pretty... it is. What a remarkable. Situation. I mean, the headline there for me is something exciting happens at cricket match. <laughs> Yeah, what, yeah. what's the outcome? Because that was about three or four weeks ago, wasn't it? Yeah, well, the initial thing is the fact that like it's fired from outside. Mm. So it's just someone outside with a weapon mm. firing his hand. And you don't know. If that just lands straight on, you're going to kill someone. So my thought was, some kids got hold of a thing. Do you know what I mean? Or like a group of kids. So I think it was... It's not the 70s though, isn't it? When you sort of walk around and find a crossbow in some bits. <laughs> <laughs> A 35-year-old man must have been arrested. Yeah, it's obviously 30, deliberate, isn't it? Yeah, but, yeah. 30, but like, what goes through your head? Not a lot, clearly. Yeah. Or a crossbow bolt if you're on the other side of the wall. <laughs> but, like, I, I just thought it was a remarkable um, story. What's the motive, man? I, I've No other details released oh, really? uh, since then. Maybe he just doesn't like cricket. I mean, you don't like cricket, famously, but... Uh, I don't but, like cricket. <laughs> <laughs> but, oh. like... You don't dislike it enough to sort of go, I better just go down there and disrupt the match by possibly killing someone. But is he like a disgruntled Sussex fan oh, or whatever yeah, yeah. the teams are called? England. He just he only likes T twenty and if it's a proper test match he's like, Well I better just go this down there. This has gone on and... for four days. <laughs> it must end. Not got the most pleasant one, Steve, but you right. know, you've got to deal with these things sometimes. I mean mine was about a weapon being fired into a crowd, so 
Britain First leaders Paul Golding and Jadia Fanson charged with religiously aggravated harassment over leaflets. So they're both from Penge. Right. right. I didn't realise that. You've, place you've just left. Yeah. Not related, but it is a relief. But it's quite interesting. I think it tells us something. That they, they're arrested for delivering leaflets in Thanet and right. Canterbury. Yes. Yeah. You don't do that in Penge, innit? No. Yeah. I, you know, lived there for 10 years. Mm. Uh, saw no far right activity. <laughs> no, but it's true, though, isn't it? It's true, yeah. yeah. Well, also, I think you can make a case for. Um, you know, South London generally is not a place where these sort of things are tolerated. There was a time, I think, in the sort of 70s and 80s when you had mm, absolutely the yeah. BNP and NF around sort of Bermondsey in particular. Um, but obviously, um, a lot of those people that were voting for these councillors uh, moved out. They've moved to Bexley Heath now. They've moved, they've moved out and uh, the crowds have gone with them. But, like, what was the thing... It was just a couple of days ago. Uh, they tried to organise a march somewhere, and two of them turned up. Yeah, um, they just went Colchester. Up. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing. Like, um, we keep sort of, it, you know, uh, that these people will talk actively about minorities, but there's two of you. Yeah, I mean, do you know what I mean? <laughs> you're, you're you're one away from being a, a lone voice or wolf, probably in this situation. Do you know what I mean? Like you're the minority, mm. and I can see why that's upsetting to you because uh, you're thick and yeah. a, a bit evil. But realistically, it's not it's not a problem to most people that you're a minority because the way you act and carry yourself and talk about people um, means that it's it's you know you have to disappear for society and culture to evolve. I mean, it's just it's just what happens. This is uh, history in action, isn't it? Like, you have terrible people, and then those ideas sort of get the light shone upon them, and then people sort of go, this isn't acceptable anymore, I'm afraid. Like, by all means, carry on but doing what you in, do, but not like... In, not in Thanet, though. No, like, by all means, carry on down there in, like... Thanet's good, though. Village green. I've never been, never been. Yeah, Margate, isn't it? Oh, Margate, I have been, Ramsgate, I have been. this area, oh. they're all in Broadstairs. Right. Yeah, it's that, um, you know, uh, what's his name, ran there, didn't he? Farage, he didn't get in. I mean, obviously it was a Tory that got in, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, marginally better. <laughs> uh, um, but now, um, you know, there's that Turner quote about other skies over Thanet are sort of uh, the greatest in the world. Right. They're pretty amazing in it in, at night. You know, I'm a big fan of Margate, so it is disappointing. But I was just thinking when we went to Suffolk um, a few years ago, when Stanley's Cottage got there, there's all like UKIP leaflets on the doorstep. Right. Certainly a leaflet someone's put through the door, but you just sort of, feels like quite a contrast to, you know, our beloved South London. What's Castle Bar like, Steve, where you're off to? Um, it, until recently, was the the sort of home of the Taoiseach, the uh, Irish Prime Minister, um, man called oh, right. Ender Kenny. Uh, yeah. who's been uh, deposed of late. Dame so, Ender Kenny. <laughs> yeah, so for a long time, uh, Castle Bar, I think the sort of view in the rest of Ireland, particularly the rest of the west of Ireland, was that uh, Castle Bar was essentially getting like uh, loads of money. <laughs> uh, like Ender Kenny yeah. was looking after him. But then within Castle Bar, the feeling was very much Ender Kenny wasn't doing enough. <laughs> so poor old Ender Kenny couldn't really do anything. Because if he did try and help... Everyone else would be on his back. If he did nothing, you know, the people of Castle Bar would be on his back. 
And has he been replaced by the guy who may be uh, gay and mixed race, but is absolutely appalling? Yeah, he's the guy who uh, is gay and mixed race, but did sort of make a career for himself by going after people uh, who are claiming benefits rather than people who are like defrauding go- the, the government. You know, like most of his fellow politicians. Yeah. A bowsy. <laughs> you might call it. <laughs> I saw a lot of myself in this story, Steve. Uh, complaints of kids on scooters sifting through McDonald's bins to find winning Monopoly tokens. Took me back to 1995. Just started at London Auto Call, or a year in, I suppose. Rip-pop's kicking off. <laughs> Four weddings. <laughs> but uh, they had this... Uh, that this this offer that when you bought like the Cadbury's chocolate bars, there was a little McDonald's sign at the end of the front of the bar, and if you got I think six of them, you could slip it into this like McDonald's kind of booklety thing, get a free big breakfast. Wow. Don't do big breakfast anymore. So I was at school. I'd be going through the bins after youth <laughs> club at church. I'd be like going through like the pews and stuff, getting like all these things. I, I was having like two big breakfasts a day. <laughs> What a time, man. What a time to be alive. And I've just got back from the cinema having used tokens from Maltesers to go and see Mother. So I'm still at it. The plus a change, isn't it? The more things oui. change, the more things stay the same. Oui, oui, monsieur. <laughs> monsieur, oui. <laughs> <laughs> no, so back to the story. There's a, this is Campbell McDonald's. This is why I love Campbell, man. So what are kids doing there raiding bins? Yeah, trying to get... Because there's a 10 grand... So... so oh. You know the McDonald's Monopoly price? Yeah, yeah, off yeah. Of a, off of a uh, drink or some chips, you get a um, you get little a little token, a little token yeah. whack out your McDonald's, um, <laughs> your McDonald's Monopoly board, and you can sometimes you win like another chips. Yeah. And sometimes sometimes you lose. <laughs> and sometimes you like there's a ten grand cash prize you can win. So I'm all about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Surely though, I mean, in 1995. You're raiding bins to get your big breakfast. That's fair enough. We can all sympathise. But in 2017, surely you just go on like Craigslist and there's a thread and people are going, I've got these three. Who's got the other three? Let's split 10 grand. Yeah, but you see the problem there, Steve, splitting it, isn't it? Cut the whole thing. <laughs> you know, I had an estate agent around the other day. No, let me rephrase that. I had the misfortune of speaking to an estate agent the other day <laughs> and he was going, oh, Campbell, oh, Campbell's really changed. And I mean, I don't think it has changed very much at all, really. Yeah. I mean, there is a couple of coffee shops now. But if I'd have known, if I could have told him there were kids going through bins trying to find Monopoly tokens, <laughs> and, that I, and that I was those kids, not literally, but... You can't I, tell him that, because he'll use it as material next time. It, there was a time around here. Yeah. Kids were raiding bins to get a breakfast. That's his August. August. <laughs> so the headline is, Woolwich's own modern Houdini performs his stunts because extreme marathons didn't give him enough adrenaline. Wow. So this guy was doing... When he, when I say extreme marathons, um, our mutual friend Phil Walsh is an advocate of these things. You've probably followed his exploits oh, online. Yeah. It's 140 miles or something. Yeah, they'll just do... But like... They, they, so you know people put up their marathon times and they're like, oh, I broke three hours. I, yeah. you know, or people do their 10Ks and, oh, I did uh, six, seven minutes. So Phil will put up a time and he's like, yeah, 72 hours. I was like <laughs> really flagging towards the end there. And with this guy, what this guy's saying is like, he was doing that. I didn't give him enough training. It's three days. What What are you doing over three days in any sort of exploit where it's an adrenaline rush? 
Find something that's shorter. I mean, and now he's uh, uh, doing uh, escobology tricks in uh, water tanks. His name's um, Dave Richards, but he's rebranding himself as Dave Diamond. Right. Yeah. What's the diamond referred to? I don't know. And um, um, my thing was, if you're going to change your name and you're doing water-based escapology, dive, innit? You change the first name. Dive Richards. Dave the Dive. Dive Richards. Like, diamond doesn't refer to anything. Dive has a specific marine meaning, doesn't it? He's missed a trick there. But it's also this thing of, like, he's doing these sort of endurance things, very much a sort of, who's your man? Blaine. David Blaine, yeah. yeah. That sort of thing. You remember when David Blaine used to be good when he used to do, like, street magic? David Blaine. <laughs> Yeah, um, they just was like, I'm going to sit in a perspex box. I'm going to stand for still for four months. days. Yeah, and again, why? these are not, like, there's no adrenaline here. Don't do this. Find a better way to um, increase your adrenal levels, isn't it? We didn't get around to covering Jason Statham, but um, there's parallels between that story and uh, one of his films, isn't there? What's the film called where he, he can't, his heart rate? <laughs> is it good? Uh, I've seen the first one. I think there's like five now. It's a great premise, isn't it? And like, it's uh, the first one... Uh, there's a real sort of uh, vim and vigour to the... Uh, that's that's an adrenaline rush. Watch that, innit? Or do that. You know, put yourself in front. Um, again, our future mutual friend um, Babak uh, on Facebook recently. I don't, I don't know Babak. You've met Babak? I follow him on Instagram. Oh, OK. I, I'm liking his photos every day. But Fair enough. I feel like I don't... I can't you say can't, you can't claim him as a friend. He's listening again. Who is this? <laughs> Claiming me as a friend. Um, one of his favourite things, you've probably liked this then, he'll just put up film ideas uh, that he writes down on a bit of paper, often tries to sell them on eBay for like a pound, and often sells them. Um, and he suggested uh, a new Jason Statham action film called Roast, which is all about a man who has to stop a nuclear bomb going off while his dinner's cooking. <laughs> <laughs> he's like the chicken's in, he's got an hour and 20 minutes to stop this happening. So finally, Steve. Family of late Barry Albindaya hoped New Park would be named in his honour. Barry Albindaya from the funeral business. That's right, yeah. Right, right. So it's a famous... Uh, Funeral business, yeah. It? We talked they, about it. On... We did. Yeah, they had their own. They had a TV show they based did. around them. Yeah. I think it had more than one season. Uh, they did my nan's funeral. I think maybe my uncle's funeral as well. Yeah, I mean they're they're a legendary business in that area, aren't they? They've yeah, yeah. dealt with entire sort of generations. Yeah, absolutely. Of you know, you see them around and stuff. You know, dignified, etc. So the family of Barry Alden, uh, Alden. <laughs> let me get, let's say it right. Let's say going to get name right. <laughs> and this might be the most egregious use of the word spoken out I've ever come across. The family of Barry Albindaya has spoken out <laughs> after it was revealed a new park has been named after the Mayflower ship rather than the much-loved funeral director. So, Barry, he died, what did he die, 2015. He's already got a stand named after him at Fisher. Oh, right. Um, and, uh, yeah, they thought they, they were after naming this park after him, this new park. And his, his son had said, what has the park got to do with the Mayflower? If it was a pier on the Thames, near where the Mayflower set off, then it would be different. Steve Cornish, an active member of the Rotherive community and chair of the Friends of Russia, Doc Woodland, said, this is a disgraceful attack on local democracy and the democratic process. There was a vote? Well, it doesn't seem to have been. It was like a sort of council decision. 
So it's not an attack on the democratic process. In any way. <laughs> and disgraceful. It's not like both team at both face, isn't it? Which did win by a landslide and they were like, we're going to call it the Rich Amber because like people have got to like Is that, yeah, say what they, they work. And, yeah, of course, yeah. Where do you oh, work on a, a scientific... Uh... Yeah, gravy McGrave face. <laughs> I don't think that's outrage. Who do they think they are? Yeah, I mean, my thing is... I, we, we've said earlier in this game, before I knew what you, it was referring to more broadly, that... It, they are uh, a well-established business and family in the area and would be known to a lot of people. However, I would argue that the pilgrims of America are more famous. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's a more, uh, 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 it's a, it is a better-known story, in it? No one's sort of going, uh, the Mayflower? Whatever happened to that lot? They sort of helped to found a country that's um, still a big deal, isn't it? Not that, you know, they're... Business isn't a big deal, but it's mm. not as big a deal as the United States of America, is it? Yeah. I think that's the, you know. Yeah, I was quite outraged when I read that, Steve. Yeah. Oh, you know, this idea of like serving the community as well, right? I mean, this is not, I'm not talking about them personally now, yeah. But isn't the kind of funeral business the sort of biggest rip off going? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It'd be nice to have a park named after you, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean. Burg- Burgess, isn't it? Yeah. I mean. Local councillor. Right, yeah. right. But again, it's quite tasteful, isn't it? It's just just one word. Yeah, and also Barry Park. But also, and not to say this is the family's motive or to disparage him in any way, but I think it's a difference. And I'm sure he did do work in the community that exceeds that. But I think there's a danger if you want a public space named after someone who has made the name for a commercial business. That's yeah. a different thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I think as a society, we must stop fetishizing entrepreneurs. Yeah. You know, say like Richard Branson is, I mean, it's probably not new, but he's definitely proven himself to be utter scum, he? <laughs> in recent yeah, days. Yeah, It is this thing of um, people sort of confusing, um, and it's odd that it's still happening and happening more, more as, more, as more, things more. Are, are more of a, but people sort of like becoming affronted on behalf of, of as you say, entrepreneurs' business. Like Richard Branson, sort of made his money um, and then sort of leveraged himself into a railway system that he got on cheap from us, let's mm. not forget, um, and now is buying his way into the healthcare system as it increasingly becomes privatised. So these people are sort of you know, massively taking advantage of existing Parasites. infrastructure. Yeah, and, and you know, a great example we, we talked about earlier is um, the idea that Uber are being forced to obey the law and a load of people are going, well, this is an outrage because I'm going to have to pay £3 more for a cab fare. I mean, they are not reporting crimes. That's They, they haven't lost their life. Steve, weeks. this ain't Wikipedia, mate. <laughs> <laughs> right, if Mickey was here, this would be the show. So what the local news is every time. But do you know what I mean? Like, people sort of like uh, acting like Uber's their friend as opposed to uh, a company founded by venture capitalists to wipe out competing transport systems until they're the only game in town, at which point, you know, surge prices, they're the prices. Mm. Oh, but I can't go to it. No, you can't. We wipe those out. But now you've got to pay us or you just walk. We don't really care. Because it's almost like these cheap prices aren't to help you. They're just to like, serve a short-term mm. purpose for long-term gain. I've got one more piece. Mm. And it's sort of, uh, I'd like to expand it into um, a bit of a coda, I think, for my, my time in South London and... Uh, almost like uh, how I see South London as I leave it where um, there was a, a story quite recently where Stormzy accepted a, an award from Jeremy Corbyn the GQ Awards 
And while he was on stage, called uh, Theresa May a pagan. And it was initially misheard. People were like, did he call her a pig? You know, it doesn't really matter. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? What he's called her. But as it, it turns out, it was uh, pagan. A lot of people misunderstood uh, that, not knowing that it's sort of um, a sort of slang term. But one of the things that we've sort of not really missed, because we did address it in certain bits um, of the show, like playlists and whatnot, is... Uh, the sort of place that, that grime has occupied in culture over the last couple of years. It's really sort of transformed, isn't it? From like an underground musical movement into a mainstream musical movement, but also mm. an important sort of social and political movement in a way that no one really would have anticipated, I don't think, when it first started. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, you think of like um, art, artists making political statements. Like, I mean, you just mentioned one there. Yeah. But, I mean, there's like plenty of other examples in like say in the kind of Brexit era like it's much more likely you're going to get someone like that someone like Stormzy sort of saying vote Labour than and you had the else. sort of grind for Corbyn trend during mm-hmm. the election just before it and it did feel like it was something substantial rather than and it seemed quite organic as well didn't it rather than it being like a PR company sort of going you know we've got Christa Berg uh, coming out for you mm. oh absolutely yeah yeah yeah, I mean, Stormzy has come from being uh, an artist uh, making stuff very much on his own terms to someone. I mean, his appearance at Glastonbury this summer, which was a huge uh, thing, and his recent appearance at uh, the Mercury Music Prize, he's become like a huge sort of mainstream star over the last couple of years. And as I say, I think um, he's a good example of someone engaged enough and intelligent enough to sort of be a voice and a beacon for people um, at these times. It's, it's nice sort of seeing him come from a kid from South London into this like major uh, cultural figure. Um, and on that note, I'd like to just like do a little mini playlist, if that's all right. I thought you were about to freestyle. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, basically, this is like three tracks from the last few years that would have made it on to playlist for me um, if we were still doing that. Um, and uh, all from sort of like South London artists um, and, you know, referencing South London or, you know, being very firmly associated with it. So the first one I've got is um, Golden Boy by Elf Kid, who's, uh, did you watch the video? Yeah. He's 18 years old. It's just very exuberant. Uh, it's got a great beat in it where he's just like, well, the producer's reversed uh, one thing by Henry and just sort of oh, chops yeah, it up a yeah. bit. But um, yeah, I mean, it's very South London, isn't it? They're like mm. dancing around on top of bus stops. Uh, he's got a great uh, Slewisham hmm. uh, shirt. Did you see that? I saw a link to buy the t-shirt. Yes, yeah, yeah sold out. Isn't it? I mean, I wasn't going to buy one, but I was. Uh, I was curious. But I mean, it's a song just sort of peppered with uh, mentions of uh, Deptford and broccoli, and obviously referencing Lewisham by being there, um, and all shot around the market and the high street and stuff. And it? it's nice. Yeah, nice. yeah, nice. Second one, Gas Pipe by Big Nasty. Who we saw around the corner the other day. We did see him, didn't we? A towel on his head. (laughs) I do think with Big Nasty, it does feel like he's a bit of a missed opportunity. And I think he's so good as a performer that he seems to spend most of his time just sitting in an armchair doing like comedy bits in it for like Vice. Yeah. Just answering people's questions and stuff. But this track is phenomenal. And again, the production, it's got this like uh, baseline beat thing going on that is so intoxicating. Do you know what I mean? The sort of like mm. heavy sort of bass. It's the sort of thing that I imagine 
if it was sort of broadcast um, from the outer reaches of the atmosphere towards Earth, and like everyone heard it at the same time, we'd have some sort of like moment of spiritual and psychic evolution. It'd be undeniable. I just think the world would like move on as one from that moment. There's no way to work it out. I've, I've tried no. to no, spoke to NASA. Doesn't have the same effect on YouTube. No, yeah, a lot of views, but like we just need to synchronize things. That's the thing. And finally, uh, a Stormzy track, Know Me From, which I'm mainly choosing for the video, which is that one where it's sort of, it's a bit sort of Bob Dylan, where he's like picking up stuff and dropping stuff. Um, but it's beautiful just because it's clearly just him and his mates. Mm. And it's such a smart idea. And I love the fact they leave in the bit where the um, the video gets ruined by someone parking in the wrong spot. And his mum's there as well, isn't it? His mum's just like bopping along with him. And again, having a great time. And I think with a lot of these videos as well, you've got um, just like them bringing their mates along and just jumping around in the background, which is like one of the best things I think you can do in a music video, isn't it? Classic, isn't it? Get your pals in. Right, Steve, well, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been fun. Let's do it again sometime. Maybe. <laughs> Southland Hardcore is part of the whole fast network. Uh, new podcast starting... Probably would have started by the time this is coming up. Steve, I told you about this. You haven't, no. but like, it sounds great. Sam Pullum and Rob Prouse digging up some literary gems. Yeah, because of shards in it. See what they did? Yeah, yeah. Or what they did. <laughs> um, so you find that on holdfastnetwork.com. You see that on the main page there. Since we've gone hiatus from Southland Hardcore, I've done Wikipedia with Mickey Boyd, which is a, a good, fun show celebrating the random. And um, me and Mickey did a a little mini documentary series about swearing called Effing and Blinding, where we sort of look at the origins of swear words, our favourite uses of swear words in uh, popular culture. Not for the uh, sensitive. Yeah, I mean, there is, there's a content one at the start, and we are not joking. <laughs> we do go pretty much straight into it after that and use all the words, as you'd imagine. Some good luxury book club stuff as well, Steve? Yeah, yeah. Um, few nice things up there and a couple more uh, to come. Still, the Jonathan Meads isn't quite up yet, but will be soon. Um, and, you know, there will be more things coming as we discover and create new things ourselves, of course. Keep using the Amazon link on southrunhardcore.com so we can get a little kickback and pay for hosting of all those shows. And if you want to see my uh, latest short film, Cuss Bad Word, go to vimeo.com. What's that film, Jack? Jack McEnroy. Go to vimeo.com slash Jack McEnroe. And I guess that's it, Steve. I'll see you at Louis Peckham's wedding. (laughs) Yeah, what a way to cap my time in South London. Right, so we're just walking through... Ruskin Park, where you, where you hail from, Stephen, at Camberwell. Yeah, just, uh, the hospital where I was born in is just in sight over our shoulders. Well, it's not in sight, is it? There's a load of trees. but oh, I didn't even look back, I just assumed it would be there, but you're can't, right. Can't see the ward for the trees. <laughs> sort of one final joke there for William, the William Goldward, the uh, man that Alan Moore believes was uh, Jack the Ripper. There you go, that's what I was born into. So let's just stop on this bench here, Steve, for a moment. Sure. Just uh, always read the plaque, innit? What is this? Steve Walsh, <laughs> Southland Hardcore co-founder. 
Hello. Oh my God. And goodbye. Just a little tribute for. That's I mean, amazing. Is this official or is this illegal? Well, I'm assuming it's official. Because <laughs> I think it's if happened. Anyone, if anyone wants to admit putting it on a you know, <laughs> municipal ra- property rather than the uh, borough getting involved, I swear I've said to you at some point, uh, like my life's ambition was to get a plaque on a bench. We talked about it before. In on South London. Like, yeah, yeah. And now someone's done it. Who could say who? <laughs> uh, go on our Instagram page, um, SLHC, you can see a picture. Or come to Ruskin Park. What's the best way to get in? This is, uh, it's kind of, Den- well, it's all Denmark Hill, isn't it? Yeah, but Denmark Hill side. The kind of upper Denmark Hill side. Uh, well, you'd have a little wonder, innit? Check all the bench plaques. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure whoever did get it done would be quite annoyed that there's a capital A. <laughs> But as for that person to say, There's also, it. they've also used ellipses, which is something that I'm a big fan of. But you know, generally isn't popular. <laughs> so uh, must be someone who knows you well. <laughs> um, that's uh, absolutely wonderful and spectacular. I'd like to thank whoever organised uh, that lovely thing. Take care, Steve. You'll be missed sorely. Cheers, Jack.